5-4-3-2-1. Welcome to the Bronze Compass Podcast. My name is Matthew. Today what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at the meaning of life. The previous podcast was about creation and a shared culture throughout the world. And we spoke specifically about the creation, um, mentioning just briefly the creation stories of other uh, cultures around the world or cultures throughout the world, as well as looking at shared events such as a great flood, a Tower of Babel story, um, a creation story. Those were the main things. And then we looked at individual things of culture, things of worship, things of interest, etc. And we compared them to the um, atheist creation story of the Big Bang, where uh, science is telling us that we all came from, and all matter and everything that you see comes from a Big Bang. Well, what we're going to look at today and, and talk philosophically about is the meaning of life. Now, in looking at the meaning of life, we have to look at what is life. Life is creation. Something was created. We were created by our parents. The planet was created by the supernatural or a big bang or whatever you're going to believe in this discussion, right? So let's look at that. Let's look at meaning through the eyes of the atheist, right? We're talking about the scientist and big bang. Big bang starts out and I'll reiterate this. It starts out with nothing. And in the middle of nothing, floating around, there is a single solitary dot smaller than the 12-point font New Times Roman period at the end of a sentence. And from that dot, all things are created. That dot, according to the science, spins and it's spinning um, goes out of control in a way that it creates a force that explodes hence a big bang this big bang then expands throughout the universe and space and time creating the elements and matter that we see around us during this creation phase everything comes about after a specific time frame of creation, it crystallizes or solidifies in a phase where now everything that has been or will be has been created. We see this in our laws of uh, energy and physics where nothing can actually be destroyed. Its state of energy can only be changed. So, looking at that, you have the phase of creation through evolution, which didn't exist because these things that were created are not evolving. They're just phasing, going from one phase to another in the creation process. The evolution part doesn't come until life is actually born. Now, nobody knows how or why life is born. You have approximately, or if I remember right, 256 proteins that have to line up perfectly every single time and then somehow get jump-started into 
life. This would be like going to Vegas and putting in a quarter and 256 uh, slot machines, pulling it, and every single one lining up exactly how it's supposed to line up. Now, do I believe that? No, I don't believe that. But we're going to go with the science on this one. So that's what science says. Somehow it starts, right? The current theory that I read was that you have basically the primordial ooze, a pond, a river, a lake, an ocean. And it gets struck by lightning at the exact same time these proteins line up perfectly, thus creating the first single cell organism that then can replicate itself and thus start the circle that will be the circle of life or the replication of entities. The replication of entities, of course, in modern day is what we're looking at is progeny. We're looking at offspring, children, basically. So from that single cell, eventually what you have is the start of life as we know it. Now, not as we know it today, of course, because it's a long, long, long process according to evolution. Evolution taking anywhere between uh, three and a half to five billion years, depending upon which source that you're looking at. The prevailing overall view is somewhere between 4.3 and 4.5 billion years of Earth's existence, with around 1.3 billion of those years actually having life. So it was a long time coming between the existence of the Earth as a land mass or as a space mass to start the first life. Now, through the process of evolution and natural selection, natural events such as meteors hitting the planet and such as um, is then reported to us from science, we eventually get to a point where recognizable humans of homo, homo sapiens sapien is now here, right? Where we can look at them, they can look at us, and we look the same, basically. There's not the, the Neanderthal brow ridge. There's not the hunch of uh, Homo erectus. There's not all of these type of things where we would look at them and go, okay, there's something off here, right? Well, that's the last 100 to 400,000 years. Up to this point, uh, it's basically been animals that have been in charge. Uh, mammals have been in charge as a group uh, since the last 65 million years, and before that it was dinosaurs. This is what we are told by scientists. This is what we are told by the scientific community. This is what we are told... Um, by paleontologists and anthropologists. Okay, so what you have then is a mechanic or a mechanism where something happens, like with the single-cell organism, up to now where you have biologic matter replicating itself as single entities to continue on a single entity existence with the same matter as before just changed to a current generational state. What does that mean? That means children. 
you take the DNA from the parents, you put it into a child, that child is now a new entity using pieces of the old entity to create itself. This is not a chemical process like, say, gold, silver, iron, etc. being created because of a chemical process that happens. What we're talking about is semi-conscious entities that go through existence making choices. However free those choices are or however instinctual those choices are, it doesn't matter. There is deviation from a norm. The norm for copper or iron or gold in the ground is to sit. That's what it does. Water falls, it runs downhill. That's what it does. Water doesn't make a decision that, hey, I think I'm going to water over there. It just does what it is. Whereas you have life, a deer, dinosaur, whatever, takes a left or a right turn and it's grazing or hunting a different animal or a different plant. Such it is, what you have is now life making choices. Those choices bring us to today. That is evolution. Those choices and the events surrounding those choices gives us the evolutionary process that we are now looking at right now. Our height, our beauty, our skin tone, our hairstyle, everything that is born within us comes from evolution. Are you white? You're white because of evolution. You black? You're black because of evolution, right? You're tall? You're tall because of evolution. You're short? You're short because of evolution. I can go through the list, but that's what it is. Evolution passed on the traits that are in you today. Now that's all well and good. So then if we look at life from an evolutionary point of view, we have two ways to look for it or look at it. First one is the non-biological. The non-biological, I'll call the chemical or the matter. Non-biological or chemical or matter, what you're looking at is things being replicated by a chemical process. No choice, no consciousness to speak of an event happens that is not in your control that then causes replication or destruction that's it in a biologic sense you choose whether by instinct or consciousness to go left right straight those choices combined with the natural environment create a life moment and in this case what we're talking about is we're talking about children and progeny now why are we looking at that why do we go over the laborious task of breaking that down and looking at it and seeing what it is the reason is because if we're looking for the meaning of life what was the meaning in that creation process where did the meaning come from? What did you look at and say, you know what? That means something to me. Think about that for a second. A star blew up. Eventually things got together. That creates the planet. Eventually those things getting together 
had an event. That event eventually led to life on Earth, which eventually led to you. Thus was approximately a 5 billion year event just for Earth alone, not for all of space-time continuum. So, the meaning there is time. Because in the, the creation through um, evolution, there's no supernatural being. There's no before or after life. There's, what is there? There's a biologic event that created you. That's it. Is there hope in that? Is there peace in that? Well, some people find peace. Some people find hope. Some people find a calmness in the fact that they are part star. And that's their game. That's what they view. It's like, look, I'm immortal because a star exploded and I have a piece of that star in me. Okay, good for you. And then what? Nobody knows. How many pieces of different beings are you? Do you know? Do you know their history? Are you part of a different beings? Are you pure star? Could you have come from the first portion of the Big Bang? Meaning that it exploded and the stuff, the matter, floated far enough from the origin and then finally got together and now it's part of it? Or were you recycled by a couple of suns? Do you know? Does it matter? You don't even know. You don't even care. It's not a thing. You can't find out. There's nothing that leads you to that. There's no science that can prove it, replicate it, or um, be done so that we can find that out. And if it is, what meaning are we looking at? Now, in the process, between all of that and now, what you do have is you do have a biology now, in biology, like I said, you had the consciousness, you had the choice, you had either by instinct or consciousness, the uh, variability of life. That variability of life does have meaning because somebody chose and that somebody chose to have a child, which eventually chose to have a child and on through the ages. So... What I'm looking at here is that the meaning of life for an atheist would be the continuation of their personal matter, the thing that's a part of them, thus family, children, to the Big Bang Theory scientist outlook, in my opinion, is the continuation of themselves. Everything in the cosmos and on earth, biologically speaking, as well as matter, has in it the potential and the movement to replicate or the opportunity and events that cause replication. Now look at this from the supernatural point of view. In the supernatural point of view, you have a god. Now, it doesn't have to be a god. It could be multiple gods. But what you have is you have a supernatural power that is creating something that created us, right? Whether they started, say, evolutionary process, or they actually came down and put in like an Adam and Eve into a garden. So I'm going to go 
with the Adam and Eve into the garden. And the reason I'm going to do that is because you have two billion people on the planet that believe that story. And that's just the Christians. That's not including the one, one and a half billion Muslims that believe it. That's just good old King James Version Bible, Adam, Eve, Garden, there we go. So, from that point of view, what's the point of life? Right? Why are we here? What, what, what caused us to be born? Well, the same processes in the end of the... Uh, evolutionary scale is the same processes that got us here. Somebody made a choice that somebody making that choice created life. Now, is there a higher purpose to that life in the supernatural way? Because the purpose of life in the evolutionary sense, there is nothing higher than the actual replication of themselves. Right. To replicate themselves is to continue on their line and thus continue on the line of those that went before. It is almost an, an homage or an or honor of some form to continue on that line because they survived all of the garbage that went before. They survived the dinosaurs. They survived plagues. They survived wars. They survived, you know, the Ice Age. That survival you know, deserves some kind of honor through personal replication, meaning children. Now, if we look at the supernatural viewpoint with God, and in almost any single religion where there is a supernatural entity, um, whether it's Allah, whether it's Yahweh, whether it's God, no matter what, that supernatural entity is that we're looking at, there seems to be, no matter the culture, no matter the year, there seems to be some form of commandment to replicate, to have children. Why would there be an order or a commandment to have children? Philosophically speaking, what would be the point? Other than the continuation of the species. Is more than the continuation of the species possible. Meaning, is there a purpose other than the continuation of the species in this life? And my personal submission to that question is no, there isn't. You see, when you break it down as to who, what, when, where, why, how, what we're looking at then is who are we, what are we, why are we? When are we? Well, when is now. Uh, where? Here? Who? Well, I know who I am, but who am I in the cosmos? You see, the who I am in the cosmos, I'm the father of my children. I'm the son of my father or my mother. There is a place right there for me. We see this through most ancient religions and even modern religions, too, where the family is the most important thing. You're going to die and you're going to go be with your family in one form or another, such as like Valhalla. Maybe you're in the stars with your family. Maybe you're going to be living, you know, kind of like in a community like you do now with your family. But for the most part, you know, either you are progressing with a family or you are in a family unit or in a community of some kind. Maybe your spirit has melded together with the others then 
the message here is that there is no alone in the afterlife, no matter which religion we're looking at. And if you look at the different Christian denominations, then what you're looking at is it ranges in the spectrum from what you're going to be doing is worshiping God as a community, all the way up to becoming a God, depending upon which Christian religion you're looking at. So you're joining a family. The family is the important part. The family is the thing that keeps things together. The family is the thing that starts families and ends with families. You're here because of a family. No matter how broken or how put together it is, a family started in one way or another. There was a coming together of two people that created the family. Now, you could be broken, you could be whole, but it came together. And all culture and all religion and all people start this way as well. All law, all everything comes from the family unit. Marriage goes through every single people on the planet. There isn't one culture that does not have a marriage ceremony of some kind. Now, you would think that if we were all evolving separately from each other, then what would happen is that somebody would come up with a plan somewhere, some way, somehow, where you did not have family. What you had was, you know, units. All right, we have the donation of seed over here and the carrier of seed. And when they are born, they are then sent to the caretaker of progeny. Something along those lines. But the closest thing that has actually come to that is communism. And we're not here to talk about communism or government structure right now. What we're talking about is the purpose of life. And in philosophically speaking, looking at things, the purpose of life is family. It is the continuation of who you are. Because who you are is the continuation of someone else, who is the continuation of somebody before that. So with that in mind, who are you? Have you decided who you will be? Who is a part of you genetically? You see, you as a conscious individual, you have the choice to make yourself. You have the choice to make yourself who you want to be. But those choices and how you view them and what choices are before you are because of the genetics of the people who bore you. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that you at five foot six, you might be good enough to play in the NBA. There's been like what two people five foot seven and below that have played in the NBA: Muggsy Bogues and and Spud Webb. All right, good for you. You're two out of three hundred million people in America, right? So. It's pretty much guaranteed that if you're too short, you're not playing in the NBA, no matter how talented you are. That's just how it is. But the same is true for, you know, jockeys in horse racing. You get above five foot four or something like that, and you can't even get on a horse. They won't even let you on the horse to be able to ride it. So, you know genetics gives you the choices that you have if you have good genes then you're going to be able to have good choices if you have bad genes your choices are a little bit different because if you have diabetes you can't eat sugar like it's water that's 
just the way the cookie crumbles. Now the choice is yours whether to let that limit you or just be a guidestone. Just be something that tells you, okay, yeah, you're not going to eat sugar like it's water. You're not going to play in the NBA. You're not going to be a horse racer, a horse jockey. Those are the things in your life that are going to be your crux. Those are going to be the, the choices. But from that and to that end, the choice is yours. Are you going to have a family? Are you going to propagate your line? Are you going to have children? Those are your questions, and the answer to those are yours. But let's step back and let's look at society and history. Like I said before, all of history and all cultures have revolved around family. That is how important family is. Our laws like inheritance, our traditions like Christmas and Easter and such, our um, structure of life, voting, registration, people, the desire to have children, the desire to take care of those children, the desire to be together as a family is the thing that has kept the human species going. It's the thing that has kept almost all of animal kind going, the desire to have children. Now, I'm not including pandas who only want to have it once a year on a full moon, making it blue that one time in the decade. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. It's, it's near that bad, though. So to sum up, the purpose and meaning of life as we look at it, as I see it in analyzing the afterlife of multiple religions, the culture of multiple regions, the history of the world, from a religious perspective, it is life. The purpose of life is life and the continuance of life to have children. The purpose of life for one who believes in evolution is life, because that's where they came from. So the purpose of life, from both perspectives, the way that we've looked at it today, is to have family, to have children. And anything that stops that is destroying either a plan from a supernatural being like God, or attempting to destroy the mechanism, which is evolution. And so, either way we look at it, from whichever angle that we look at it, the purpose, the goal, the reason for being is family. Thank you for listening. Share it with your family and friends if you like it, and if you don't, keep it to yourself. My name is Matthew. This is the Bronze Compass Podcast. One, two... Three, four, five, we're out.